We are born free, and we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, hey, welcome in to a new episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. And I got a great guest for you who I will introduce momentarily. Uh, before I do that, as I always do, I want to remind the listeners out there that if you like this show, please subscribe to it. Two ways to subscribe, or I should say two different feeds you could subscribe to on your favorite podcasting platform, either to the Lions of Liberty Network feed, where on that feed you get this show, you get Brian's show every Wednesday, Mean Age Daydream, along with Memoirs on Fridays, or subscribing to just the Finding Freedom solo feed, and you just get me every Monday delivered to your phone, uh, your little listening device that you carry around in your pocket. Also, um, I want to invite you to uh, to join the Lions of Liberty Pride. Of course, that is the uh, the group that we have where we uh, provide bonus content, discounts on merchandise, and a bunch of other perks. Uh, you can join through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty uh, or lionsofliberty.locals.com have a new mic set up today, a new background, a lot of stuff changing here. Hopefully this sounds good. I want to thank those who have joined the Pride and supported the show. It's because of people like you, why we're able to do stuff like this and upgrade our recording equipment. So thank you very much. Now to bring in today's guest, today's guest who was recommended to me by one of our Pride members. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, today's guest is Katie Kolb. And Katie, she's worked as a health coach for uh, for many years, and primarily, you know, working as a health health coach, helping others to establish uh, healthy habits, um, focus on food and exercise, also bringing in some very important topics like sleep and stress management, time management, faith practices, and mindset changes. Katie is not a doctor, so I want to stress. At the beginning here, that none of this is medical advice. Um, you know, these are recommendations. You should do your own research and run these by your favorite medical professional. Katie, welcome to Finding Freedom. Yes, thank you, John. Yes, thank you for the introduction and for the reminder that I, I'm not a doctor. I have to say that a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that for me. <laughs> I have to remind people I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. Nothing here is advice. This is just a uh, this is an entertaining show where you can you can learn and uh, also um, do your own research on the things that we talk about today. So, before we get into talking about your your health coaching and you know really focusing on, on some specific areas, maybe um, just in general, if you could introduce yourself to my audience, maybe share a little bit, a little bit about yourself, how you became passionate about health and wellness in general. Sure. Yeah. Um, a little bit of background there, I guess I've always been, um, I've been a runner for 
as long as I can remember. I remember in elementary school, um, my yeah, doing doing a little project for the president's challenge. I think some of you may remember the president's challenge that they had. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and having my gym teacher just encourage me, hey, when you get into high school, you should find out about that cross country thing. So um, I think I've always been interested in in the fitness side of things. Uh, and then when I did go to when I was looking at college and, and kind of what what degree I wanted to look into, um, medical field always sounded interesting to me, but didn't want to go to school for as long as what a doctor has to go to school for, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. why I was looking at some other things and fell into athletic training. Um, so I am a certified athletic trainer. I went to Messiah College and um, got that degree there. And um, yeah, I think at Messiah College, I, mean, I was on the cross country team, just had a lot of fun. I've, again, always kind of been on the fitness side of things, but to be honest with you, after practices, we would go, Lottie Nelson was the, the dining hall that we'd go to as a team after practice. And mm -hmm. our joke was, you know, we just ran all this, we can eat whatever we want. Um, and truthfully, physically in college, we were able to get away with that. Mm -hmm. But the more I, when I went to grad school then at Oklahoma State University for, um, um, for exercise science and education, I was asked to do just a bunch of different research about different things. And, and I think that was the first time that it kind of clicked in my mind that, hey, uh, I'm tearing my body down every time that I'm exercising. It's a great thing, but I need mm -hmm. to support that with healthy eating as well. And my joke about that is when I first got married, um, so we lived in Oklahoma at the time and Sonic started in Oklahoma. Um, Sonic probably did most of my cooking for the first couple years of marriage, which is embarrassing <laughs> as a health coach. <laughs> and if I had taken a picture of my refrigerator today and sent it to myself at that time, I would have not known what half of the things were in my refrigerator because I just, I grew up, um, you know, like any other kid in the 80s and 90s eating the 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 white bread and, you know, a rounded meal, you know, which was great. Mm -hmm. we, we got away with it, but um, learned a lot in grad school and, and beyond. So that's probably, I think it's always been kind of like my faith journey almost. It, there was never like a, there was never a turnaround necessarily. It was just kind of, it's always sort of been there and just been evolving over, mm -hmm. over my lifetime. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think we have a lot in common there. Um, <laughs> okay. you know, growing up, my, uh, my mom was a health teacher and, you know, we, we didn't eat poorly. We probably ate better than, you know, a lot of, a lot of other kids during, during the eighties, but it, it was still, it was still the eighties and it was still the food pyramid and, you know, <laughs> following the food pyramid, we're having, you know, every meal you had to have, you know, sufficient car carbohydrates and bread and pasta and, right. and all this stuff. And like you said, as a kid, you know, kids in the eighties were, more more so than today, much more active. So I think we were able to uh, to burn it off. But uh, yeah, it, it, same with you. It took me a long time to really evolve mm -hmm. and start to really. It's kind of crazy to to say it now, but um, really connect the dots with you know look at what I'm eating and how I'm fueling myself, and then how it makes me feel, and you know how does it energize me in order to uh, you know go about my day and, and get things done. 
Um, so c- can you, can you talk a little bit about your, your personal journey there as you started to, to make those connections? Was it, um, you know, I guess more of a, a lifestyle change for you and just, this is, you're changing the way you eat or did you experiment with different, different diets? Um, you know, if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, and honestly, I think that's, it really kind of harkens back to what we do as health coaches. So in the health coaching profession, um, it's, it's not necessarily about a prescription. It's not, there's not a single thing that's going to work for any person. And generally, and I will say there have been exceptions. So I've been, I've been coaching um, clients for more than 17 years now. And, and there have been a handful who have, um, completely revamped. So cleaned out the cupboards, threw stuff away and started from scratch and, and did well, a handful out of thousands of people that I've worked with. The majority of the majority of us do much better with, with making smaller goals, small steps and kind of building from there. So again, kind of that evolution that's happened over for me 17 years not necessarily for for me personally in the fitness part that's something that I've always enjoyed and and it hasn't been a struggle but for me the nutrition piece I think I can have some sympathy for the clients that I work with because it's not easy to Mm -hmm. you 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 might know what you should be doing and and you know that intellectually and and yet you know, you have a bad day at work. So I deserve, um, or you have a good day at work. So I deserve, you know, um, and, and learning as the primary, you know, I'm the one who goes grocery shopping, who cooks the meals, who like, I had to learn where to find things in the grocery store. And, and so when I first, when I first kind of honestly dug into the, um, the stacks at Oklahoma state. I don't know if they still have stacks at universities anymore, but it's where all the, all the medical, they're not medical journeys, but all the research journals mm-hmm. were and, and did some of my own research in the actual, um, you know, peer reviewed journals to verify some of the things that I was learning through um, some other sources. I wanted to make sure that I was on board that I could really, you know, recommend this to people and uh, and so through learning that, I decided, OK, instead of going to Sonic as often as I'm going, I had heard that you can make that most families have about 10 dinner meals that they rotate through on a fairly regular basis. So my goal was for the first uh, for each week to try two new recipes um, mm-hmm. to go online, to Google, you know, whatever, and, and find two new recipes that kind of, you know, were more whole foods, were more, um, yeah, just kind of not Sonic. <laughs> Anything right. that was better than Sonic <laughs> would be a step in the right direction. And, um, and honestly, after about three, and there were plenty of recipes that I did not like, that I said, I'm never making this again. But I learned a lot through that, just with two a week. That wasn't overwhelming to me. That was doable. Um, and was able to, I, I tell people within about three months, I really had kind of come up with it, 10 good 
recipes that I was capable of making at that point um, and and really revamped how we ate. And, and that has evolved again over over the 17 years. Those have been replaced. And um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that evolution of, of how that happened over time. Yeah. No, that answers my question. It brings up another question because I sure. think um, I think a lot of people when they start, when they decide to make health changes, so it's January 2024 for, yes. for those of you <laughs> listening at a, a later date. Um, but yeah, we're, we're coming into that time where maybe some people are starting to lose or struggle with that New Year's resolution and the gyms are starting to, to empty out a little bit. <laughs> um, so you mentioned there that when you were changing the way that you eat and you were trying to, you know, spend less time, uh, you know, funding the, the, uh, the college funds of the owners of the, your local Sonic, um, you just started with two, two meals per week. So is that something that you, you teach your clients in making changes sort of just starting with, uh, maybe like small changes and then incrementally over time, um, compounding that into larger changes? Honestly, again, I think in my experience, that is that there are exceptions. I think, again, God made us so unique. There's, there's, everybody's different. And so there's mm -hmm. no formula. And so some people I think do really well with, sure, January 1st, they totally change what they're doing. But, but majority, I would say 95% of us really do function better when we, when we make the smaller change that's reasonable, that, that we're like 90% sure we can do this next week or two right? So mm -hmm. you're 90% sure you can do that. Even if it's a small step, the, then you get that going and that becomes easier. And generally when we're talking about health changes, let's, let's say that one step is I'm going to drink four glasses of water a day, right? So maybe you're, you're drinking nothing but pop. So you decide, okay, instead of pop, I'm going to replace that with four glasses of water. It's still not probably what I need to be getting, but it's better. But I, and I can do that. So I drink four glasses of water a day. Um, that probably is going to make you feel better and have give mm -hmm. you a little bit more energy. And so you're going to enjoy that. It's going to become a little bit easier as you get into the rhythm of it. And now not only does that, you have to put less energy into that change, but now you have more energy to put into the next change, whatever that is. So maybe that's going to eight glasses or maybe that's, having a salad for each lunch or, you know, whatever your next step is that, that you're ready to take. And then it, it builds, it's like a snowball effect and it builds mm -hmm. from there. Well, like you said, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, everyone that you're, your clients that you're meeting with, everyone is a little bit different. And I think, I think that's part of the problem with like the, uh, the health industry as a whole is that, you know, when people find what works for them so often, you know, they want to just, you, know, you need to do it exactly this way and it'll work for you the same way. And so often that's, uh, that, that's not the case. Um, so I'm curious when you are, when you do bring on a new client and you're coaching someone, what ways do you um, determine which is the best way to help them? Um, is there a sort of like a, a form that they're filling out in order for you to get to gather information or how do you go about that? Ooh, that's a good question. So, I mean, it's, it's much less about me telling them what to do. I like to say, you know, as health coaches, our training includes, um, you know, 
research and research-based information about how our bodies are designed and what works best for our bodies. Um, so certainly we provide, I like to call them kind of evidence-based guardrails along mm-hmm. the way. So um, there are certain things that a client might suggest and I'll, I'll kind of explain, okay, here's the good things I like about that, but then here, here, are, the, here are the things to be careful about. Here are the things mm-hmm. that, that make me feel a little not, not so comfortable with that approach. But for the most part, it really is, um, the coach is the guide, but the client is really determining the path. So, so we learn about, we have a lot of conversations about their values and their, um, what their desires are, what they're hoping to accomplish here. Um, learn, it's amazing over the phone how much you get to know people <laughs> and the challenges that they're having. Uh, and, you know, what a stay at home mom with three children under the age of five is capable of and and what works for her schedule is very different from um, someone who's, you know, well along their professional career and their kids are out the door, but they're out of the house from Mm -hmm. eight to six, seven at night. So it it really is, it's a lot of the client, it's a lot of them exploring what they have available to them, what what has worked for for them in the past, what ideas they have, and then having the coach guide a little bit as far as, you know, again, 17 years, I have a lot of, a lot of tips and ideas, but it, it really does need to be led by the client. Right. And, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people want, um, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not a lot of people, but there are some people who I think just want to be told what to do, do right. X, Y, and Z, and then this, this will fix, fix your problem. So I, I can see, you know, that can be, it's some, sometimes could be difficult in order to, you know, kind of lead your client into, uh, you know, down this path so they can make the correct decisions um, for, for their health. Um, I want to talk about, you know, some other things that are very important outside of just diet. Obviously diet is extremely important, but things like getting enough sleep, um, (laughs) managing, managing your stress, Mm-hmm. So when, when it comes to, to things like that, what types of advice do you give? What ways of, uh, what types of metrics can people use to, to really determine if they're making progress in, <laughs> in those areas? Sure. Well, I would say most of the clients that I work with, the metrics that we're tracking maybe aren't directly related to say sleep. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, but in fact, recently with the, um, I'm wearing one, um, the, the watches, the wearable watches Mm -hmm. that we have, there's been some fascinating research over the past couple of years that really correlates because those watches, I'm pretty sure were, were originally designed to track sleep and then because it was tracking movement and then they discovered oh not only can we track sleep we can track activity throughout the day and so then they were able to really correlate activity and sleep which we'd never really had a lot of statistics on before so um what we don't know is all of the causation yet it's still a lot of correlation but there's no doubt that 
again, big picture, there are exceptions to this, but big picture, mm -hmm. most people who are getting good quality sleep are doing much better with their exercise. Lots of theories and ideas about why that is. I have my own, but, um, but yeah, so I would say my own journey with sleep, it's, I'll, I'll start with sleep because that's one thing for me about, gosh, five years ago, maybe I have a 13 year old. Um, and I want to say it was about five years ago. I, I was not feeling good about my attitude toward my son. I was crabby, <laughs> just mm -hmm. tired and crabby and, and didn't respond well when there were challenges, you know, as a parent, you, you don't want to be the one that's flipping out, you, you know, when your kid is flipping out, you need to be the calmness because you're the, yeah. you're the adult. Right. Um, and I was really struggling with that. And thankfully I, without too much hesitation, I, I kind of thought, okay, I think sleep is where I need to start with this. Um, so I actually talked to my boss. I changed my schedule around a little bit um, so that I was able to, to set a really pretty consistent routine. So that's, if you're looking for tips, honestly, that's one of the main things that I recommend when someone's and sleep is so multifactorial. There's so many things that can affect your sleep. But for me as a health coach, some of the first things that we would talk with a client about would be the rhythms. So again, as a parent, you know, we talk about bedtime routines, you know, what, what mm -hmm. are you doing for the hour with your kid or you do a bath and then read a story. So you kind of have these rhythms was well, adults. That's also helpful for us. If we can get our bodies into these rhythms where you have, you know, the screens are off for a certain amount of time beforehand and you do kind of the same routine and you do some calming activities, some gratitude journaling is a great thing. Um, and then going to bed and getting up at about the same time. So I try to go to sleep and wake up within about an hour, even if it's not a work day, just so that my circadian rhythms can kind of keep it going so that my sleep when I, when I am sleeping is really solid because my body is just, it knows it's time for bed. It knows it's time to get up and, and it cooperates for the most part. <laughs> you know, there yeah. are always going to be exceptions to that. But immediately I was able to notice that my mood, my reactions, and I don't know how you can't necessarily measure that, but I mean, it was clear to me that that made an impact on what I was wanting to impact. Um, but some of the goals that we set with some people, and again, varies from person to person, but sometimes we'll set goals about, you know, having the chime on your phone go off at a certain time to remind you that, okay, it's time to start winding down. Or we talk about the screens, we talk about the temperature of the room, we talk about caffeine and when you're having caffeine. Mm -hmm. The other thing with sleep is the exercise. So again, there's lots of things that play into sleep. But for me as a health coach, if you're not on a regular exercise program, then that's where you want to start. If you want to get solid sleep, you want to wear yourself out <laughs> during the day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to help your sleep. So we talk about that too. Yeah. And if you are exercising, then it's, you know, doubly important to be getting enough sleep, right? To, <laughs> yes. uh, to recover. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. What, what are your, uh, your thoughts, your views, if, if you have any, on uh, on EMF, on electromagnetic uh, fields and how they could interfere with, with sleep and potential damage that, that they could be doing to our bodies and, you know, the importance of counteracting that through grounding. Is that, is that an area where you, where you get involved in? 
I honestly don't have a lot of information on that. That's interesting. Okay. It's something I'd be interested in looking into. At first, yeah, what I what I do think of is the screens, the light. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it could, obviously the screen is also <laughs> creating electromagnetic field. So I don't know. I, that's a great question. I hadn't looked into that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's an area which I, I don't know how much of it was it is real or and how much of it is people just trying to sell stuff. But you know, they have like uh, you know bed sheets that you can you know you hook up a cord to it that plugs into the the grounding um, part of your your electrical outlet, and um, there's a whole bunch of different different products. And it, it does it, you know sort of inherently make sense to me in that like when you go to on a vacation, say you go to a lake or you go to a, uh, you know, a beach and you're spending a lot of time having your shoes off connected to the earth. Um, that's how our bodies were, were designed, right? We're not designed to be walking around in, in shoes. Um, and by the end of that vacation, most people feel the most relaxed they felt. Now, how much of that has to do with the grounding? How much of that has to do with just not thinking about the real world and your business or your work or whatever you're doing for, you know, five or seven days. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 pretty interesting, and um, it's something I've, I've spent a little bit of time looking into, but I need to uh, need to look into it more. But the grounding um, piece that you touched on, I mean, that for sure. Um, I don't know. Are you are you also in West Virginia? Um, I am just a little bit north, just uh, just south of Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. So I just I love literally my kitchen. I look out over a hillside and see mountains and trees mm -hmm. and it's, it is, it is fascinating. The research, if you, if you want to talk about the stress side of things, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, one of the major um, ways that we're learning more about recently um, in managing stress is um, yeah, getting, getting it. And, and they call it nature bathing. If you've heard of that term or mm -hmm. oh, there's uh, anyhow. Yeah. So it literally changes your hormones and, and changes things inside your body when you are connecting with nature, when you're, like you said, kind of walking in the dirt, even to the point where, and this is not as powerful, but I actually changed the screensaver on my computer for a picture that I took at an overlook on one of our trips when we were mountain biking. Um, and again, not as powerful as actually being there, Another fun story, I'll tell you, a research study that was done, but but they found even just having, even just looking at images of nature has an impact on your stress and your hormones. Mm -hmm. And there was a study that was done where they had people walk down this path. And the first time they walked down the path, or maybe it was different people, I don't remember exactly, but they, you were just listening to this, the bird, the sounds of the birds as you're walking down the path. And then they they had them rate their happiness or something like that at the end. And then they had, I don't know if it was the same people or different people walked down that same path and they had recordings of birds. So not only were you getting the natural bird sounds, but you were also getting these extra recordings of bird sounds. And the happiness level of the people who, who went down the path with the extra recordings was even higher. So mm -hmm. it's just really interesting yeah, being connected with nature has such an, a profound effect that we, we don't even fully understand. I mean, we'll never Absolutely. fully understand, probably, but it's really cool to hear about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, 100%. And, uh, you know, being where you're in West Virginia, I'm, I'm up in uh, Pennsylvania. This time of year is is so difficult with, you know, the seasonal affective disorder. We're not getting sufficient vitamin D. Um, yeah, it's a real thing. Like, 
go skiing. We went sled riding the other day with some friends. You can get outside. I went on a run today. It was miserable. It was 50 degrees and raining. It was awful, but you still feel better no matter what the weather is. I tell people, my husband's a kayaker and, you know, we have pictures of him getting off the river. His beard is frozen. Like he has icicles in his beard. And so it's, it's less about the weather and more about the gear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Get out anyway. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I haven't done much cold weather running yet this year, but you know, typically I do. And it's, it's just, if you dress right, it's, it's not terrible once you There's get moving. rush to getting home and just being drenched and thinking everyone driving down that road was like, what is she doing? There, there's a rush to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. One of my favorite things to do, and I've only done it a handful of times in my life, is if I can time it right and have the free time to do it and a snowstorm is hitting, and I can get out to a trail and go for a run in the middle of a snowstorm. It is one of the one of the greatest <laughs> things. I can't, can't even explain it. Yeah. Um, probably just look like a crazy person running <laughs> running in the snow as it's piling up. But it's yeah. uh, it's it's a really neat experience. So let's let's stay on stress and distraction yeah. and managing you know this crazy world we live in with social media for for a minute. Um, so you, you you mentioned, or I mentioned during your, your intro, maybe I didn't, I was supposed to, I might've skipped it. But one, one thing you focus on um, with some people is is faith. And you referenced your, your faith earlier as being very important to you. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. My faith is very important to me. Um, do you feel in, in your personal health journey? And I don't know if you, um, you know, expand this into your, your coaching practice, but um, do you use, do you feel like you use prayer? and your faith in order to really, you know, limit some of these distractions and stresses that we have in this world? I would even take it a step further and say it's the foundation for mm-hmm. all of it. Um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one thing to be as a health coach, helping people to make lasting health change. Um, when I'm working with someone who does have that faith component and we're able to take it to that level, the, um, you know, we, you talk about the, the um, airline, when, when the airlines problem problems and the, and the oxygen mask comes down, I'm sure you've heard this analogy mm-hmm. before, right? You need to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help anybody else. And as Christians, I think we have this complex where we're always trying to help everybody else as moms. Again, I work with a lot of moms, our focus is on our kids. So we're always worried about making sure they have what they need. Um, and so we let, we're eating the, you know, leftover chicken nuggets, or we're not taking the time to go for a run or to get out in the snow or whatever it is to take care of our own self and our own health. And, um, and that's a detriment. And as Christians, it's, it's, it's because God cares for us that we're able to, to take the time and the energy to care for ourselves with the, the purpose of sure. I mean, a lovely side effect. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to probably look better and feel, feel better in my clothes and things like that. But the, the ultimate purpose to be, I'm available now to, I have the energy to be a good parent. (laughs) I have the energy to, um, uh, to take care of people. I, I'm on, I'm on the, the, 
what's the word, the, like the giving side of it instead of the receiving side. Not, not that if mm-hmm. I'm sick, it's, it's a problem and, and it's not good that someone's caring for me, but if I can be healthy more often, if I can be helping my friends move, if I can be helping my um, elderly neighbor shovel her driveway, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that, that I'm free to do um, because of the health choices that I'm making because God cares enough for me to take care of this. I kind of went roundabout with that. Um, But yes, so I think that's the foundation, but it also is, I mean, you talked about the mindset thing, the stress thing, it, it underlines everything. Um, We talk about, we set goals even about different scripture verses that you can memorize that when you are going for the, I deserve food, you can counterbalance that with, with that. And, And when, when you are stressed and you're not responding well to different things that yeah prayer or even like community christian community where you're talking to a friend who can help support you in that all of that um so yeah it comes into stress it comes into sleep it comes into nutrition i mean it comes into all of it if if you Mm -hmm. are able to if you're a person of faith there's a whole nother level of support that you have um it makes it lasting and and fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it, it, it all, it all comes together. Um, you know, faith, taking care of our, our health. Um, you know, what, what's the saying that, uh, you know, you can't, you can't take care of others unless you're taking care of yourself, you know, unless we're, you know, we have ourselves, right. We have our own, our own, uh, you know, our own soul rights in order to reach out and give to others. We need to need to do that yeah. first. Um, so one thing I did want to talk to you about, we've talked a lot about eating right, um, you know, re- really managing your stress and, uh, and you know, using faith to, uh, to do that. But stacking on um, to be able to optimize health um, in today's modern world, um, I, for one, you know, I, I take a lot of supplements as well. Okay. Um, because I'm a believer in, you know, soil depletion and it's a lot harder to get the nutrients that we need. And there's all kinds of toxins that we're, that we're exposed to on a daily basis. So is that something that, that you sub- subscribe to as well? Are you someone who, who believes in supplementation? Um, it depends. So it, truthfully, it's not an area that I'm an expert in. It's not something that mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time really researching and, and looking into. I do think that supplements are helpful for certain in certain cases, especially if it's helping you to avoid medications. There are, you know, supplements that can that that you can take that can help you need less of the medication or to not need medication. Again, not my area of expertise, um, but I, I would say to as long as someone is seeing supplements as exactly that, it's a supplement to Mm -hmm. an already pretty darn good nutrition program. So, so I work with a lot of people who, when we first get together, they, they feel like they're doing really well because they're well supplemented. And so they're, they're telling me, Oh, I'm getting all my greens from this green shake drink thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's made from X, Y, Z, whatever. And that's fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but if you're doing that and then you're not actually eating real food, that's a problem Um, because we don't know. It's funny if you look like over history, 
I don't know how long ago it was when, when we first discovered vitamins, you know, when scurvy and the, and the, sh the guys in the ships were getting sick and they decided, okay, we need to make sure we have oranges on the ships. So these guys mm -hmm. don't get scurvy. So we learned about vitamin C, vitamin D, kind of those basics. Um, and so then they decided to put those in supplements to, so that then you can be healthy. Right. But what we didn't know from those supplements is, oh, so now a couple of years later, actually it was probably decades later, we discover, oh, there's these things called antioxidants and the whole, when they were researching cancer and these things, these antioxidants help to fight different things. So then we decide, okay, we're going to supplement those. And now we learn 10 years later that now there's these phytochemicals that we didn't know about. So what are we going to discover in the next 50 years that we, oh, and by the way, so oranges and fruits and vegetables and whole foods have all of these things in the right combinations. Mm -hmm. And um, anyhow, so all that to say, I don't, I'm not necessarily against supplements at all, but you want to do your research, making sure that you're getting quality supplements, making sure that 100%. they're doing what you want them to do and that you're not using that as an excuse to say, well, I can have Sonic because I'm taking care of my vitamins, you know, with the supplements. So, yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Um, especially there are so many supplements out there that are, you know, they're healthy supplements that are loaded with artificial sweeteners and all kinds of other <laughs> junk and fillers. And um, yeah, if you're doing that, you're probably doing just as much damage as you are, as you are good um, with yeah. that type of supplementation. Yeah. And um, usually the supplements that are quality are more expensive because they're, yeah. which mm -hmm. is tough, honestly. Again, I live in West Virginia. Economy here is, is, is rough. There are people that, you know, they struggle. If you're going to spend your money on something, spend your money on healthy foods and the supplements are going to be a supplement to that. So mm -hmm. yeah, hundred percent. I should ask you this next question first, but I just <laughs> thought of it. Okay. Um, so when you talk about your own personal health journey, who have been some influences on you books you've read or, um, certain individuals in this, in the space, is there anyone that comes to mind that, um, is someone who, who you've learned a lot from? Oh, um, gosh, over seven. I mean, there's so many, I'm going to have a hard time <laughs> narrowing it down. Um, I would say I've learned, okay, well, just to get kind of personal. Um, so my husband is a strength coach at West Virginia University, um, brilliant mm -hmm. guy. Um, so I, I reference him a lot. <laughs> so I go to him when I have lots of questions about specific things because he uh, knows his stuff. And um, he grew up in a weight room because his dad um, – was the strength and conditioning coach for the Steelers. So, and he still really? is very, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's still very into, I mean, we have um, video of him, wasn't too long ago doing, and this is, so my husband's dad, so I want to say in his seventies, I don't know for sure. Um, mm -hmm. He's doing windshield wipers. So you're, you're hanging from a bar and your legs are swinging back and forth. Right. Um, so the guy, the guy knows, not only does he know his stuff and he teaches his stuff, um, but he also lives his stuff. And so mm -hmm. um, John Cole is another guy who has um, really been an influence on me and, and my fitness journey. Um, and so that would be kind of maybe on the personal side of things. Um, 
some books that I've read. Gosh. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's tough because I, I was just trying to think. There's actually a book I'm reading right now, and I was like, I can't even think of the name of it. <laughs> like, I'm reading it right now. Yeah. I, I needed a list ahead of time here. Um, yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, There's it's a lot fine. of good ones, and I, I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but um, but yeah. I can tell you, I mean, one, but I will say it gets a little, I'm, I'm not a political person at all. And it gets a little kind of political and, um, uh, conspiracy, although my husband, anyhow, conspiracy theory kind of ish, but, um, the China study is kind of a classic that, um, mm -hmm. that was written a, a, a while ago, but still a lot of truth in, in that book. That's probably one of the foundational ones that I've read. What I, I am not familiar with that. What's what's a uh, elevator pitch on, on that elevator book? pitch for China study? Okay, so T. Colin Campbell. Um, I want to say it was back in the seventies. They were doing research on um, in China because, gosh, see again, I've probably read this book three times, and if I mm -hmm. could be quoting it wrong, so please bear with me, but. I think that the concept was in, they were doing a study in China because in China at that time, there were definitely pockets of people who ate very uniquely and they didn't really travel around much. So that was why they were able to really get some good data from China because people kind of grew up and died within like 20 miles of where they lived and they all ate the same in those 20 miles. And that might've been very different from what the next town over ate. And so they were doing a study about, I think they were trying to find out about protein um, and ended up being that the cancer rates of people who were eating more of a plant-based approach were so much lower because of the, I don't know, I don't remember all the details, mm -hmm. but I do remember that that was kind of the concept. And then, and then he goes into some political stuff, but but it started off with, you know, we, protein is important. There's no doubt about that. Um, but getting your protein from animal products versus getting most of your fuel for your body from plant-based foods um, was really cancer preventative. Not only was it cancer preventative, but it was also, even if you were exposed to car carcinogens, those foods gave your body what it needed to, again, the antioxidants that we learned about, you know, so that was kind of how that study. So that, that's, that's the gist. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so last question here, is there anything that, you know, maybe I haven't asked you today or, or something that you just want to sort of uh, double down on and make sure people understand um, that you'd like to uh, to share with my audience that you feel is you know really important to uh, leading a uh, you know holistically healthy lifestyle. Um, let's see what what have we not touched on? Um, I mean, I guess maybe the one thing we haven't really talked about much is, is the relationships part. Mm. Um, again, fascinating research, and it came there was a. There's been a book. There was a, okay. So another, another resource. Here we go. Oh, what was it? All right. Um, the blue zones. Um, yeah, yeah. there was, there was a documentary not too long that, that they put out about the blue zones and there's a lot of different factors to it, but, but one of the main things that they have discovered through the blue zones is, you know, 
relationships are important um, for our health. <laughs> mm-hmm. So having, and in today's culture, right? Like that, that to me is a, is an interesting concept that I feel like we struggle in our culture with relationships because we've become so digital. Um, and so mm-hmm. sometimes that, that is honestly a goal that we will work on with clients is, um, you know, text a friend, <laughs> um, set up a, in fact, when I, when I do speaking engagements, when we talk about, you know, what are the things that fill your cup? What are the things that, that fill you so that then you can fill others, right? Almost always what I hear from these ladies is, um, you know, having lunch with my friend or, um, going to the mall with my sister, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. less about the activity and it's more about building those, those deep relationships. So it's important to have surface relationships too, just people that, but, but having people that you can really share the hard stuff with and know that they're going to be with you, even though, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then being able to be that for somebody else. Right. So there's times when, when I am, I, I need support. I need someone to listen to me whine. I, you know, and and I can't do that to everybody. And that's why I shouldn't be sharing that with everybody. Right. But I need to have those kind of people that I can share that with. And then I also need to be when when I'm in a safe place, when I'm in a good place, I need to be the one that someone can call at 4 a.m. when they need to whine to somebody and get, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so relationships is another probably one one of the other key things that that are important for your health. Yeah, my my guest last week, Chris Spangle, and this isn't a direct quote, but he was talking about you know, really in today's world where we spend so much time on our phones, you know, <laughs> our our kids, our family, you know, instead of us interacting with them at the dinner table or um when we're hanging out, people are people are on their phones. And you know, think of it this way, think of you know, spend your time, be present with those who are going to be at your funeral, <laughs> not with your Twitter followers, followers and your Instagram followers and your Facebook friends yeah. who, you know, they might, you know, put a heart on a post when you die or something, <laughs> but they're not, they're not going to be there. You know, there's no personal connection there. So, I mean, we, it's so easy to get lost in this, uh, this digital world that we live in, not that these digital relationships aren't real, not that there's not right. value in them. There certainly can be, um, but putting more value on those, those real ones, those ones that you can reach out and touch. Yeah. That makes a difference. I mean, they're, they're doing more and more studies and research to prove that you'll live longer and you'll live healthier and happier if, if you're the kind of person who has developed those relationships. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. It's really cool. Yeah. Really fascinating stuff, Katie. And thank you for coming on the show and sharing with my audience. Before I let you go, could you um, share any plugs that you have? I don't know if you want to share a a link to your health coaching business or anything else you want to uh, let my audience know about. Sure. I mean, um, yeah, in my private health coaching business, I, I primarily work with busy Christian moms who are just wanting to adopt, you know, simple, sustainable uh, health habits to allow them to, um, to feel good in their bodies, to love the the bodies that God gave them and to have the energy to be, you know, all in for their family. So um, if Mm -hmm. any of your listeners kind of fall into, into that 
category, yeah, they're welcome to love for them to check out my website. Um, I'm, I am on Instagram. <laughs> I am on Facebook. They can check those out. Um, it's Katie Kolb Health Coach at, wait, yeah, katiekolbhealthcoach.com. It's that simple for the website. I, I'm pretty sure if you Google it, you'll find it. So um, yeah, would love to would love to hear from you and see if if what I do would be a benefit for you. So thanks. Yeah, appreciate All right. that. Katie Kolb, thank you for coming on Finding Freedom. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, John. All right. That concludes my interview today with Katie Kolb. Hopefully you all learned um, something new today that you can apply um, in your own life for your your health, for your faith, um, just so you know you can make a little progress, a little self-improvement to uh, to be a better person tomorrow than you are today. I will uh, provide the links that uh, that Katie talked about there on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com. As I said at the top of the show, using a uh, a new microphone today, so hopefully it uh, it sounds better. You can you can let me know how it sounds. You can reach out to me if you want to. Um, John Odermatt at lionsofliberty.com, and also through that same email. If you do have guest recommendations, um, you can send them there as well. And lastly, I'll say it one more time. Um, would like to have you more involved. Would like to have you um, on the Lions of Liberty Pride team, as, as, as we say. I don't know if we say that. I'm saying that now. But uh, you can, by joining the Pride, you get bonus content and you get um, other perks, of course. Joining at the Mufasa level, um, we have a monthly call with, uh, with our supporters to talk about whatever you want to. So that's all I got for today. I will see you all next week with another awesome guest. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.